Well, hello. Um, thank you again for um, listening to the podcast. I'm here with, uh, with Eli Ingram. He is a member at the church that I go to. Um, Eli, would you like to introduce yourself a, l- a little bit? Yeah, I'm um, Eli Ingram. I, as Chris said, I go to the same church that he goes to. I'm, I'm the pastor's son, so you know all the special privileges. I, I can't share them all on this podcast. I'll be struck <laughs> down, but... So yeah, I've known Chris for about maybe a year, two years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And let me see if I can get this correct. So you're currently 19. Um, you went to college for a year in Tennessee. Yeah, down in University of Tennessee. And then you came back. Yeah. So um, that's a sort of ask. So what is sort of your goal or your plan in life? I mean, my goal and plan, next steps, is to finish my degree. Probably going to do that online so I can stay in the area. And there's some ways I can do it without accumulating a bunch of debt. And then, yeah, so finish my degree in cybersecurity and then get married, settle down, live just what would be considered to most people an average life. So, Why did you choose to go to college? Because I, th- I thought that'd be, and I still think that's the best fit for me. I don't think that's something that, like, everyone needs to do. But I'm also not, I know there's a lot of people who fall into the anti-college or very pro-college camp. I don't. Like, if you, there's some people who are going to work with their hands and some people who are going to, I don't want to say work with their minds because, like, carpenters, for example, still work with their minds just mm-hmm. in a different way. Why cybersecurity? Um... I know a little enough about it to be interested, and if I'm being honest, it's a career that's growing super fast and pays pretty well. That sounds like super shallow, but... So you're doing it for the money? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Always honest, yeah. Yeah, you gotta do it for the money. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I I like the career field too, what I know about it, the few classes I've dabbled in, but um, it is also... Again, I could do something. I, I don't know if you know. I love politics. I could try to pursue a career becoming a politician. But then, again, I'll be traveling. There's just mm-hmm. stuff I don't want about that. So what's most important to me is having a You might even be family. able to work from home. Yeah, and that, that's very... I know people who work from home, and that's something that is important to me. To work from home? Yeah. It's not necessary, but it's something I would, I would like to you do. You would like to do? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. And, and then, so why, so you went to Union for a, a year. Why did you go there and why did you leave? I went there because I was going to go, I was going to stay near home, stay with my parents. There was a great college around here, SIUE, that like for the tuition, again, if you don't have any moral oppositions to it, like I'm still like, go to this college, SIUE. Um, and I, I had signed up there for everything. And I'd received a lot of emails from them pushing a, an agenda that was very, very woke and not that subtly anti-Christian. And then the final straw was, like, I don't know how controversial I'm allowed to be on the podcast, but they were going to require me to get the vaccine and a personal decision that I don't, I didn't want to get it. And so the day, five days before classes started there, I transferred to Union University. Two days, I got down to university, like three days out, two or three days after classes started down there. So it was a real hectic transition. I didn't have that move-in period 
where you have that week where you move in and meet people and go to all the events. Like, I was in, and I was immediately, like, trying to catch up on classes. So, yeah, it was, it was different. It was, I enjoyed it. How was that transition to college? Was that fun? No, not for – I say I enjoy it. I enjoyed the classwork at first, but it was hard for me to get to know people. Like, just not having, because they had a whole introduction week, you know. I think most colleges do, where you get to, you get with a group, mm. you get to know people. And I didn't have that, and I'm not, like, the most outgoing mm-hmm. and gregarious Not all of us anymore. are. Yeah, like, not all of us can be. Not all of us are you, Chris. <laughs> and so, yeah, like, there was, a, there was a month or two, and I laugh about it now because I, I can. And even the moment, I wasn't, like, depressed or anything. Were like oh super sad like what was me I don't have any friends <laughs> but like my free time was like I would just like walk around campus like on a loop sometimes and just listen to music and like I didn't even feel like oh my gosh like I'm so sad I'm gonna put in my ear and post I just like this is what I want to do and one day I just kind of like looked at myself I'm like I'm like walking around alone and I've been doing it for like the past few weeks and I'm like hmm, I, I don't really care like if I meet friends and I and I have I've I don't know if you you know I've made some like incredible real met some really godly people down there who have really helped me incredible friends but at first it was just hard to get into that yeah. well after that what was it fun oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah I, I loved it any crazy stories <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i um all right i'll let you I, ruminate on that for now i've i have i have a couple of crazy okay. stories i mean i accidentally which which ones? Yeah, I actually went on a date with someone. I think that that is still up in there. I like yeah. So yeah, that that was actually not just an accidental date. It was my accidental first date with someone. So yeah, they it was a little bit of a confusion. They asked me to get to know me, and I'm like I'm homeschooled. Very as I was talking to you about earlier, very naive. So I'm just like, yeah, they just want to get to know me over dinner. And I'm, I go to some friends, and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm getting to know this person. And they're like, oh, like a girl? I'm like, yeah, but not like that. And they're like, no, you're you're going, like, you're eating. And it was in the dining hall. If she had asked to go to, like, a private restaurant, I would have, even as naive as I was, I would have known. And like, they're like, let, let me see the text. And I look at the text. And they're like, dude, like you, like you might be on a date. And it was 50-50. Some of my friends were like, no, 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 like that. She just wants to get to know you. But honestly, those were all like my naive homeschool friends who were like that. All my like, like I hate to say more worldly, but like, (laughs) and even like, like, more culturally, my more culturally immersed friends were like, dude, you are going on a date. And so, yeah, it was a very weird experience once I knew that because... Yeah, my first and only date was on accident. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. I'll I'll ask you for more crazy stories, but I'll I'll let it ruminate in you, and then yeah. and then later on you might you might have more. Yeah. But and then why did you leave? Um, mostly grades. So yeah, I just I went through a period where I just struggled with school. My even before I went down. Like, I'd, I'd done really well, got my associate's degree in my last semester. I got my associate's degree while I was in college. I mean, in high school. Um, my last year, I struggled with grades. And then my two years at Union, my two semesters, I struggled with grades. 
And so I just eventually came back, and that's why I kind of needed to take a break, which has been hard for me to say. Like, I just, failure is something I struggle with. So, like, saying, like, yeah, I, I came back because I wasn't, like, in a, I was, in a sense, failing is not easy to say. But So it wasn't for the money? Money played a big part in it, too. Like, I was coming back and taking a gap year, whether I got bad grades or not. Mm-hmm. Because of the money. Yeah. And so, ultimately, now, now that you said it, it was money-related. Like, yeah. Yeah, it was, mo- it was money that made me take the gap year. But I, because of the grades, I decided I'm not going to go back. And for a little bit, I decided I'm just not going to finish college. I don't know where my life is going. It's all kind of up in there. And then I kind of got, buckled down, got my life back on track. Not like I was off track, like, you know, I was a junkie or anything. Just wasn't as disciplined as I need to be. And so I got back on track, and now I'm, I am going to finish school. But I don't want to spend all the money to stay in a dorm, pay for a meal plan. So I'm going to finish online. So why do you think that that your grades weren't the best? Because you just weren't disciplined enough? Is that sort of... Yeah. I, it's still something I'm ruminating about. Because discipline... Yeah, it was definitely discipline in general. I just... I want to know. I still am wondering what, like, triggered that discipline. Mm-hmm. Or lack of discipline. Because, again, I'd gone through years. Or, like... I don't know how many semesters. It was... A year and a half, or two, maybe maybe two years, where I had like, I had all A's besides one class where I got a B. I was super disciplined about classes and everything um, when I was getting my associate's degree, and then something just clicked and like I don't know what it was, but yeah. So it, it was it's tough. It's still tough to think about. But to think about, yeah. Because but now but now you're back. And, yeah, and yeah. you're with me. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Was, <laughs> It was, ordained. It, was, it was providential yeah, so, that, it was. so that you may... Um... So I might bless you. And, <laughs> and, you may, and you may learn from me, Chris. <laughs> I do a little bit of learning from you, too. Like, learn what not to do. I mean, why do. are you laughing? Like, no, yeah, totally. Like, I, I, obviously, I, I, yeah. You sit under my dude, teaching all the time. Yeah, no, I mean, not not only, like, with what you say, but just, like, your entire, like, persona. Like, yeah, I, a lot of people have said that about like, me. I just, I, I, I just learn from every single, like, every like sneeze. Every, every sneeze. Every sneeze, every breath you you have, every, every breath. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> yeah. I, I I just feel smarter. You know, it's just yeah. I know what it is. It's the same. I I gotta admit, Chris, it's the same with you. I'm, I'm feeling smarter being around a real Wash U student. Wow, so. crazy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. Thank, thanks for sharing. And then, but what do you say that if you were to go back right now to like right bef- right when you graduated high school? Or you got your diploma or whatever. Would you have done the same thing, or would you have done something different? Like by choice. Yeah, like if you knew what was, was going to happen, and you had, and you like reverted back to your eighteen-year-old self, and you had the. I would say. No, I th- I'm very, very content where I am. Cool. Yeah. There's yeah, specific reasons. So okay. Can't get into all of them, but yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, like, even with schooling or stuff, I was going for an economics degree. Mm-hmm. I'm a lot more content with, or feel a lot better about going for a cybersecurity degree, partially because I love economics. Mm-hmm. I suck at writing, and you have to write huge papers for economics. Really? So I could do all the math of economics. I could understand how the models work, and then I'd have to sit down and write a 20-page paper based off my models, and I'm like done like it's like no. yeah like it would 
and those were normally a huge part of class grade. So it was basically, yeah, I was I was screwed with that. That's fair. So what was growing up for you like? Um, I don't have a childhood. <laughs> My parents just left me out in the woods whenever oh, I was a kid. You're like a wolf child. Yeah, I, they said come back. They gave me a note, and once I learned to read English, I found it out. It said come back when you're 16, and so I did. And they accepted me with sort of open arms. So how do you speak your English so well? Um, I met a homeless person in the woods, Pedro. He took me in. Pedro. Why <laughs> Pedro? Pedro. Pedro. Yeah. Okay, no, but really, like, yeah, oh, no, what it, was your growing up like? It was great. Um, a lot of time spent with my cousins. Like, I feel like that's so weird to have, like, a lot of my childhood not focused on my... I mean, it was. Like, it was my family... And then my cousins were really close. Like we'd go over, hang out with them. Just oh, the webs. The webs. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so, uh, yeah. It's, it's fine. Yeah. Matter. Yeah. They, they they don't care. But spend like all day on their farm. Okay. Just I'm like, who are your cousins? Yeah. <laughs> go, go out, get muddy, covered in mud, come back, just play in the woods for hours. So a lot of stuff like that. And then, yeah, I don't. I and as far as my parents' parenting style. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Like, I I don't know if they're strict or I've, I've not been uh, had enough parents to under, <laughs> to, to compare different to styles. Compare so yeah, I've just had but they, just one pair. They were so they far. were pretty good parents. Right? Oh yeah. Are there any like family traditions um, that he did? We had a couple, but we stopped those after George died. So. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I joke too much, so I'll you're, keep it down. You're long lost. Yeah, my long lost. The traditions, you know. <laughs> they, 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 they were a little risky, and they, we finally paid the price. Um, no, but any traditions? I mean, not really. That I can think of. Nothing like specific. I mean, there, there's things that we do. Like, for example, we'll do family worship in the morning. That's that's probably our longest tradition, running tradition. The only thing that I'd say has been super consistent. Like, my dad just opens up and shares the Bible, like teaches us mm-hmm. children it every morning, normally around 8. And then, yeah. Again, there's stuff that, like, I picked up from my dad or I picked up from my mom. Like, or I've done with my dad, but nothing that's, like, a tradition. I'm sure there is if I thought hard enough. Or once I walk away, I'll be like, oh, yeah. So you're, you're, your parents are very interesting people. Uh, yeah. Why do you say that? <laughs> so is there anything that's... Like, sorry. You're good. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, we're back. Yeah. So your parents are very interesting people. Are, are there any things that... Like your parents did that you thought was good or was really funny or really weird that you would either want to re- replicate or warn people listening to not replicate from your parents. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to share that. On this. <laughs> but okay, just anything good, just something you're allowed to. I'll, I'll say it in a less in a more family friendly way that they were super romantic. Yeah, which I would love to replicate, in which. I hope to. I mean, that's something my dad taught me is that the a husband or a father's one of his the one of the best things he can do for his children is show them that he loves their mother because it provides a sense of security for kids. Like I knew, I saw my parents all the time. 
loving each other and like talking with each other flirting with each other flirting with each other <laughs> making out so I won't go for that yeah um, and so I, I knew it was secure I knew my dad wasn't going anywhere I knew there was nothing that I need to wonder about my dad it wasn't like my parents were super like yeah they were just friends and you didn't really know if they had a romantic life like, like you knew they were just, deeply yeah, in love like they're just there for the because because they committed her yeah they're just there because they committed oh you'll see them give a little, each other a little peck every once in a while like, it was sometimes, oh, like, oh, that's gross, mom and dad. But, like, as I grew older, like, deep down, I always knew, oh, yeah, like, that's, I feel committed because of that. But as I grew older, I really began to understand it. Like, that's why I feel so secure. That's why I feel like, oh, yeah, my parents, yeah, like, they're they're not going anywhere. And, and it has also taught us boys how to love our wives. In the future, when we have wives, hopefully, and also taught my sister what to look for in a husband and not what to settle for, mm-hmm. because again, if you have a father who is, like, if you look at those three things and then you take it, not what a good dad does, but what like a bad dad does, and then you look one, when a dad isn't loving the mom, the kids aren't secure. Which when kids aren't secure in a home, it's that's never good. Two is that the boys will replicate that, and sometimes it'll grow even worse, and so that that's another consequence of that. And third of all, the daughter often looks for the qualities of her father in like a husband, and so she, then she'll end up with a husband who isn't really going to love her as she deserves to be loved. So I think in those three ways, it's why it's important that a father should, like, yeah. Love or yeah, a father should love his kid's mother. Like that's one of the best things he can do for him. Just my little tangent on mm-hmm. parenthood affection. Cool. And you said that you guys did family worship. Do yeah. you think that was helpful? Yeah, I think it was. Do you think that every parent should do it with their family? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think it's the father's responsibility to lead his children in the word. And so I think I definitely think it should be done. Like I, I learned so much from it. I know. Yeah, a lot. About, like, again, I don't, I, I, that sounds so prideful. Like, I know a lot about the Bible. Like, I, I really don't. Like, there's so much more I need to learn and know. But it, it did teach me plenty that I wouldn't know unless mm-hmm. I hadn't gone through that family worship. And just a great time to bring questions, like, to my dad and my mom. Like, oh, hey, I had a conversation. Like, even to this day, like, I'll be like, hey, I had a conversation with someone the other day. Um, about, well, I don't remember what, like I, was, I had a specific example in my mind, but that's gone now, but anything, like, oh, man, hey, I had a specific example about, or not, I had a conversation about Calvinism with someone, like, can you point me to some verses, or I had a conversation about, like, homosexuality, can you point me to some specific verses, like, I might know the answer, but asking them for the specific verses, or I might not know the answer, and I might in that family worship, be able to gives you ask good, them good, for it. A good chance to so yeah, it gives me good access to pick their brains about the Bible and about how it applies to how I should live. Mm-hmm. Which, which I think, because again, there's other times like, like we like college football as a family, and so we'll sit down on the couch and watch that. And sometimes I will ask um, questions then, but it just when you have committed time and space to really delve into the Bible 
That's I think that's really important. Cool. So you said that you were homeschooled. Yeah. So what is there anything about your upbringing that people would think is weird because they're not like people who aren't homeschooled would think is weird? Um, it's a very broad question. Yeah, I didn't, and I like one of the things. So yeah, I think there's a homeschoolers will say that there's a oh, socialized myth that like people say like oh yeah homeschoolers aren't socialized. I gotta admit that one's not totally false for me. <laughs> like I my friends were like kids of my parents' friends and then my cousins forever. So like I didn't have I didn't make any friends and that's why I still struggle with being super and like in all honesty like this isn't to like flatter you or anything but I have learned a lot from you yeah. about how to like talk, talk, to, talk people. to people and again I'm not like someone Rockport, who's like, like at the Rockport yeah, yeah. I'm not someone who's like oh hi like I'm, I'm Eli and I yeah, yeah like I don't not like I don't know how to talk to people it's just always something that makes me uncomfortable mm-hmm. and so I do think I don't think that's all homeschoolers like I know mm-hmm. many homeschoolers are in groups a lot going out to all these different events yeah but that wasn't us and so yeah like even now my friends are still my cousins and then my parents friends and then like a few people from like at church or yeah from at church or like sports even like people i play sports with are like they're my friends but like i never hang out with them outside of sports like church people yeah, yeah. like landon yeah 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 i, I mean I, I wouldn't even say that's necessarily bad it's just different because like for example i grew up um in public school and like after that i sort of when I, I had to meet a bunch of people. So, like, yeah. I, I was really, really shy until I was, like, 14 or 15 because then I was like, you know what? I actually like talking to people. Um, but I, I'm too shy, so I'm not talking to people. So I'm going to start talking to people. And then that was, like, my second year of high school. And then so I had to meet a bunch of people in my high school. I had to meet pe- people when I got to a new church by myself because I started walking there by, by myself. Yeah. Um, and then I'm in a bunch of other places. So... But at the same time, I feel like I don't have as close of a relationship with any of those people because I've met so many people. Yeah. So what's that happening to your phone? That's probably my mom. Eli, where are you? Yeah, we, we, we can pause it if you want. Oh, okay, sure. Um, yeah, so sorry. Where were we? Yeah, we were. <laughs> I just love how the podcast is going to be just um, so choppy, anyway, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to pause real quick. <laughs> and like a second later, I'm going to be like, oh, okay. Welcome okay, back. Yeah, where were we? Oh, uh, no, but I was talking about how. Like you, I yeah, yeah. I grew up. I I had to socialize with people, but at the same time, I never really formed super like strong relationships. Yeah. Like even like the previous church that I went to, Calvary Chapel, Miami. Uh, I shouldn't have said that, but it's fine. I uh, <laughs> I um I, I made some really good relationships there. I I never really felt like I was really too close to anyone, but I was close to everyone in a certain way. But I I I left, and I'm not very good at keeping communication with people apart from like my parents long like long distance. Yeah. So I just don't really talk to any, anyone there anymore. Yeah. And same. So. I'm so bad at long distance communication. But I have so many friends from Union who that, just don't talk to anymore. Yeah. Because it's yeah. like, yeah, it's hard. Because. It's just like I don't have time for a phone call, and I don't like texting. Yeah. So, yeah. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Which is sad. Yeah. I mean, I'm in a group chat with all my mm-hmm. friends, and so like they'll all talk, and then I'll like, because they're like, a, and then I'll interject something just to let them know I'm still alive and yeah. I still care, but. Yeah, it's for the most part. Yeah, but it's good when you visit them, though. Right? It is. Yeah, I do. When go you visit them, them, it's fun because yeah. you're there, you're hanging out with yeah. them. Yeah, and again, if I called them all the time, they'd be sick of me. So then when I visit, <laughs> oh, they're like, "Oh you're man, here comes vacation." Eli. Yeah, yeah, but 
But yeah, so I, I don't think it's necessarily bad. But yeah, so we were, we were talking about homeschoolers. Yeah, how special we are. And how um, and how you were saying it's not totally wrong that a lot of homeschoolers are very like not isolated. Yeah. But like they don't have as much social. Yeah, and again, I wouldn't say that's all homeschoolers, but I just think I think that's a thing. I got asked a lot by public schoolers, like, oh, so were you not socialized? And so like, I feel like a lot of public schoolers think homeschoolers aren't socialized, and a lot of homeschoolers will immediately decry that. Like, no, like, every one of us is socialized to the max, like, perfect social skills. And I'm like, no, there's but yeah, that's there's, not, a, there's a big group who, again, not as bad as, like, some public schoolers think, and I've had conversations, mm-hmm. like, not like we're completely disabled in our social skills but just who were like yeah we don't like to socialize what's what's the impression of i will say that's also partly my personality so what what's the impression of homeschoolers about public schoolers like what impressions do you have about just the general public schooler um that you guys do drugs and bad stuff <laughs> we never we never know what though. We're too innocent to do those kind of things. Just bad stuff. Is that really just like the We've heard they hold hands there. They hold hands? Premarital eye contact. That's what happens in <laughs> oh public schools. Yeah. Uh, I knew it the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I, I know you're a holy man, Chris. You probably kept your head down the halls <laughs> in public school. You never made premarital eye contact. <laughs> right, I'm 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 gonna be honest. I, I was in the I was in the premarital vicinity of, of a of a few ladies once. No. You guys didn't go to separate schools? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, this is, this is silly. Yeah. No, but... Um, like, do you... So you guys don't homeschool. Is it, like, out of a religious conviction or just because, like, other reasons? Yeah. Multiple reasons. Religious conviction is part of it. I think the natural order, or as the way God designed it, is for parents to have the primary role in raising their children. And if you look at, if you just a simple way to look at it is time. Like if you're in public school, you are spending, again, if you don't count sleeping, you're spending more time. Okay, before I say this, I've not run like math on this or anything. So I could be way off the mark. But to me, it seems you spend more time being taught by others than being taught by your parents, Mm -hmm. which I think there's something that, and again, I think public there is a way where you can do public schooling where public school is having an influence in it and parents are having an influence in it. Even that, I think, is questionable on how healthy it is. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the times it's just parents sending their kids off to mm-hmm. go be raised by the government. Yeah, and I just I don't think that's healthy. I think it is unhealthy also when you're with kids your age all day mm-hmm. and that is something that like being down at university we had a healthy mix of um, private schoolers yeah. public schoolers and homeschoolers i could tell when i was talking to like a homeschooled person or a private schooled person or like yeah or a private or public schooled person like the private schooled person like the person who went to a school they were always and maybe not right away but as i got to know them i'm like okay you make a lot more jokes that are full of innuendos, aren't very appropriate, and cross the line. Like, homeschoolers always are more naive, which naive sounds so bad, I really don't think it is. Like, I think it's hard to find a line where you're too innocent. Like, I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's good to expose our children to the world. 
Like, they need to know that. And again, I don't think you should, like, lock your kids up and let them only watch, like, Finding Nemo, like, and other G-rated movies. But, um, yeah, I just think it's like, oh, we're going to watch an R-rated horror movie because it's good for our kids to know what the world is like. Like, I just, yeah. Like, I, I see, that's, sorry, that's a tangent. The, um, yeah, I, I saw firsthand, like, people who went to school first, homeschoolers. And, again, it's not all the time because it's funny. That is a, that is the norm. People who went to public school or private school, they were with kids their age all day. A lot more stuff was being shared between them. And they're, yeah, they know a lot more about certain subjects. A lot more jokes were made than were necessarily appropriate. And all my homeschool friends, it's generally like, oh, we, we don't know what that is. And sometimes we find out when we shouldn't. Like, not like, sorry, that makes it sound like we're looking it up or something. But we'll be like, <laughs> we'll, be like well, we'll naively be like, oh, yeah. what, what is that? And we'll explain. We'll be like, okay, we've learned our lesson. Like, don't, don't ask. Don't what, ask if we don't know what a joke means, don't ask what it means. Because, <laughs> yeah, I, I learned a thing or two that way. But um, it is my, my most, like, upstanding friend. And, like, he he was private school. And so I'm not saying that every single person who goes to private or public school is going to have, like, a debased mind or, some, mind or something. Yeah, I was or, public and private school. I know. And so, for example, you too. Like, yeah. but... Yeah, I'm not... I'm not... Well, I think it's pretty, like, conceitious. I don't know. That's conceited? Word. Conceited to say that. Oh, yeah, I'm not as bad as those people. I mean, you, you I, aren't, though. <laughs> you definitely aren't, yeah. But, yeah. So it's... I think there's real dangers of putting your kids yeah. in school. Like letting your kids be discipled by. Yeah, by the world. By the in world. both, one, what is actually being taught, and what, if you're spending time with peers all day, yeah. your peers become your primary influence. So it's not, it's, it, most of it is, like, um, like who's raising the kids and where are they being brought up. And then part, part of it, too, um, is also, like, it, like, it's just a healthier environment overall, like, being exposed to like wider range of ages and stuff like that, like it's better for the maturing of a kid to not be to be raised like with their siblings. You mean? You mean uh, yeah, like not as in- entrenched in like a like a public school environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's true. Any um, any hot takes that you brought up with your friends at Union? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm totally yeah. putting you on the spot. It, oh, it, if you, you know, want. you know, like I love to share hot takes and I love to argue <laughs> hot takes. So I'm just like, yeah. What were the most common hot takes that you? Um, also worship music and Calvinism. Okay, we're the two big. Ones. Also, just some um, heads up for anyone listening. Eli does not always talk about these things. I'm just putting them up up here. So if you hate Eli after listening to this, yeah, don't worry. Like, although I I do talk about. <laughs> okay, sorry. Continue. But, yeah. Um, why Calvinism worship? Why worship music? Because our chapel down at Union University, and I, I'm I'm so sorry if anyone's listening from Union University and is on the worship team. <laughs> um, I'm sure you're the one good person on it, but it was bad. Like <laughs> it was the songs they sung were not. I don't think were true praise music. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you want to sing one real quick? <laughs> Chris, you don't want me to sing. I'll break your recording. <laughs> no, no, device. no. Just like, what were the words like if you had to like dig deep into your memory? Or what were some of the titles of the music? 
I don't remember time. I tried to block him out from my brain <laughs> to help with the okay, PTSD. What was but he? like, okay, so something, like uh, one way to describe him is, and this is a test I used to tell. This isn't the only test to tell if a song is true worship music or not. But if a song, if you can replace Jesus's name with a girl's name, Sarah, Alice, Beth, and it makes sense, then it's not good worship music. <laughs> like, I love you, Jesus. Like, I want you in my life. I want to spend eternity with you. You could say, I love you, Sarah. I want you in my life. I want to spend eternity with you. Wait, is there actually a Sarah that you know? No. That's why I use the name Sarah. It's safe. <laughs> no Sarah's going to hear this and you're like, he loves me. <laughs> Although, actually, any Sarah's out there. I don't love don't, you. Don't. I, don't, I don't love you. I'm I, mean, not, I love not, you as a yeah, he's, sister of Christ. He's, he's, he's not interested. Yeah. Eli has higher. I, 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 yeah, I have higher standards than a simple Sarah, okay? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, and so I just don't think they. Again, I think music should be as it's... Oh, man. I think it's Colossians 3.8. I could be way off. But that music should play... Worship should be the church teaching and admonishing one another. And it should be honoring to God. Like it should be... Or it should be praising God. And sometimes it does both. But if it isn't theologically rich and theologically deep, then you're not teaching and admonishing one another. I don't think worship is... I don't think in modern day America everything's so and again I I love America like America. it's America I'm a, I'm a, like I was a raised like out of the country like America boy so I love America I love our freedom but we do in America our culture is so focused on the self it's so about me 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 that when you get to worship, you're like, me, 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 me. Like, I want to feel emotional connection with God. I want to feel personal experience with God. And so, so many people, like, this isn't just one person has told me this. So many people have told me, like, I've come and I've been talking with friends. And some some people disagree. Some people agree with me on this. So, some of the friends who agree, be like, yeah, it, it wasn't worship. Like, I just, I didn't feel like I was worshiping. Like, and I, I wasn't worshiping. And someone else was like... All right, we're back. Sorry, yeah. I, I, Ivan Mercado. Um, yeah. He's a uh, he's a guy at our church who just he's, he's actually a deacon. Yeah, actually is. messed up the flow of the podcast. So yeah. if Ivan, if you're listening, how dare you? Yeah, I, I am offended, <laughs> Ivan. I thought you were my friend. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, no, I'll forgive him because he's left-handed. No, you're sorry. Oh, that's not. You yeah. may. Oh, sorry. You make. Oh yeah. I, you were talking about worship music. Yeah, and how everything's so focused on the individual yeah. that people will be like, yeah, well, it might not have been worship for you, but I was worshiping. I felt connected to God. It's such an emotional, personal experience. Like that's not what worship is. Like that's not what it should be. Worship is, a, first of all, it's a corporate experience. It's done as a church. And again, I think there are places if that song, if you find it edifying. You listen to it on your own while you're riding the car. Jam out to it. Like, jam out to, like, I hate to throw a specific song name out there, but jam out to Oceans. Like, <laughs> let, let that song. Okay, no, not Oceans. Yeah, like, love, yeah, like that song. You know, like, love it or something like that if you're on your own. But it's, yeah. It's not, 
yeah, a song isn't for a personal emotional connection to God. And like if that's where you're getting your emotional connection, it's because the worship is so good. It's so like the band is so good. The words really make you feel loved by God. Then there's something wrong with that. Like you know what should make you feel emotionally connected to God is the deep and rich theological truth of the gospel. Like that is what should bring you to your knees to a true worship experience. Yeah, like what God has done and what's written. In, yeah, in, what's, in, what in God has done, what has yeah. written in His Word. Like that, not like. And, and again, and so many people are like, well, that's what worship music does when it's like, oh, God loves you. He saved you. He's going to make you feel happy. Like, well, first of all, God's not going to make you feel happy. He'll make you feel joyful. You will have an everlasting joy in him. Oh, sorry. There's a motorcycle outside. You will have joy in him. But it doesn't mean you're going to be happy. You're not going to be happy when, like, your wife dies in a car accident and, like, or your whole family dies in a car accident. You will be joyful. But God's not going to make your life all peachy. And and that's what so many so many of these songs are like borderline prosperity gospel. Also, I feel like I'm so like unorganized in the way I'm explaining this. But I'm just going to plow ahead. So many of these are borderline prosperity gospel. Like God's going to make me happy. Like this and that. It's not like full on prosperity gospel where he's going to bring riches. He's going to bring the nice car, the hot wife, the beautiful house. Like it's, but it's like, yeah, God's going to be happy. I'm going to have him. It's going to be real. Like, oh, it's going to be everything I dreamed of. I'm like, no, it's not. You might go to prison. You might die. Like you might burn at the stake and you'll be joyful through that. But then it's also like, and even if they're singing about the joy that God has promised, like ultimately, while the joy, and again, I really, yeah, this part, I might be stating this wrong. So if there's like, some like really people who understand theology like don't stone me but like mr our, mr david Ingram, yeah my, this yeah dad don't stone me but like <laughs> our our ultimate hope is spending eternity with christ like that's what i want to hear not that this life is i'm going to be joyful through this life like and that is more an uh, encouragement to me like uh exhortation that's what i'm looking for when you tell me yeah like there's going to be Anyway. Um, I'm gonna pretend that we didn't pause there. Yeah, there was no pause. <laughs> there was no pause. But, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, Chris. Um, where was I? And then yeah, you were talking about um, like not being stoned by your dad. Oh yeah, not being stoned by my dad. Because like again, like I think it's an exhortation to remain joyful, and that the Lord will give us an everlasting joy throughout this life, no matter good times or the bad. But that's not my hope. Is I'm gonna be joyful. This life is fleeting. This I'm like what I'm about to be twenty. I have maybe 50, 60 Wait, years even, left. Even our muscles are fleeting? Even our, even our big muscles. <laughs> even the big muscles. They're going to be gone soon. I know it no. seems like they're eternal. I mean, it's not for your dad, though. Your dad's no, not. my dad's muscles are eternal. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're saying. <laughs> 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 you're going to be kicked out of the church. <laughs> Wait, really? Oh, you're already kicked out. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After I went to Rock for last Yeah. Um,. So yeah, anyway, <laughs> after, <laughs> after that tangent about muscles and being kicked out of church, um, but yeah, it, eternal. So like you're like yeah, it, our it's, hope it's is fleeting. our hope is yeah, this life is fleeting. Even, even our muscles. So my life, yeah, even our muscles. So my my hope isn't this the joy in this life. Although I know that God will sustain me through it, and I can look forward to that, and I'm exhorted to continue in that. But my hope is eternity with Christ, which a lot of songs or modern worship songs don't touch on. And then going from eternity backwards to salvation, a lot of songs give this very cheap version of salvation that God just saved us. 
and like, yeah, you know, he saved me, he saved me, and they sing like that, and I'm like, cool, what did he save me from? Because, <laughs> sorry, Chris is almost falling over. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's like, what what did he save me from? Like, I, I need to know that. And it's not just he saved me from like, I was living a bad life, and now I'm going to live a good one. No, I was headed for eternal condemnation. I was headed, like, God's judgment was going to be poured out upon me. And I would have never been able to withstand that. I would have never been able to pay it back. And Christ came and gave his life for that. And again, I, I want to hear that. That's what I want to hear in a song. Not some cheap, like combining those two. Not some cheap, yeah, God saved me and I'm going to live a good, joyful life now. I want to hear, God saved me from my sin by the sacrifice of his son. Because that's something that's missed out too. It's just kind of this, God saved me. And Jesus kind of had a hard time to save me. Like, no, it was a horrible thing that Christ went through. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, and then to live eternally with him. And again, I know not every song is going to touch on that. And yeah. so I get I get that a lot. People are like, well, not every song can explain all that. No, but that's not what the songs are doing. It's not like they're taking a portion of that. They're not focusing on our eternal hope, our certain hope. Mm-hmm. What they're doing is focusing on the cheap version of that hope, where, yeah, you're going to have a good life now. That's mm-hmm. your hope. Or they're not focusing on just... Yeah our like salvation which would be like our deep in the fullness of our salvation they're focusing on a cheap version mm. so yeah it's yeah. the music at our church is very good it is very good so that's easy to get spoiled yeah yeah, yeah. it's yeah yeah one one song that i know um his robes for mine has like has a verse that's, that's like um the uh the son is crushed and thus the father is pleased like, yeah stuff like that like yeah like that's deep, that's so deep and weighty to think about and that is, as it says, and again, I think it's Colossians 3. I could be completely off. Don't, st- don't stone me, Dad. Yeah, your dad uh, can correct me yeah. later <laughs> when he listens to this. Uh, but, yeah, it's teaching and admonishing. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that does teach me. Like, again, it's, yeah. I, I could go on about how weighty okay. that is to think about it, and but I don't. What's the other thing that you that you bring up constantly? Oh, Calvinism. Calvinism. Yeah, I, I get stoned. So, so you're against Calvinism, right? It's, I hate Calvinism. I, I like to, I yeah. I like to think that I'm free to do whatever I want. You know, I ne- I actually never pray for people's salvation because why would I do that? Yeah, you just convince them. I just convince them. Yeah, because if I if I was praying for people's salvation, then I'd be praying that God violates their free will, and I'd I'd hate for that to happen. So, yeah, no, I'm I'm very staunch Calvinist. Too staunch sometimes. Really? Sometimes I, yeah. My dad has to remind me that it's not free will doesn't exist. It's a balance. Between free will and I'm mean, in salvation, it's not like a balance. Like we partially chose and God partially came. Like no, God fully, like saved we were us. we were fully against God and God fully saved us, apart from anything. I mean, we did provide for our salvation the sin mm-hmm. that made it necessary, and that's all. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And that's I get, I get stoned a lot for that. I've got, I've got I I don't know if I told you I, I scored a win for us Calvinists I've got I kind of convinced one person over to our <laughs> side person, yeah. or oh, wait are you not are you not sorry guys if I don't know if he's come out as Calvinist yet oh, on the me. podcast so oh 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 we we can you can delete that part right? <laughs> <laughs> wait Chris is maybe a Calvinist yeah yeah whatever is less controversial it, it depends on how cute you are <laughs> 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 but it, how cute you are and whatever's gonna get him more views no <laughs> stop <laughs> okay that, that's a joke um. No, even if you're cute, I won't marry you. No, what? What? you're gonna be like a not cute person? Have you heard the song "Get an Ugly Woman to Be Your Wife"? <laughs> like, send it to you. We were like talking about such like like high theology. Yeah, and then all of a sudden we're 
But if you get an ugly woman to be your wife, that'll be a pretty secure marriage too. Because <laughs> no one's, you know, no chance of an affair. <laughs> it's hard to get real dark real quick and you know, real out there. But that's that's funny. Yeah. But right, is is there anything else that you like brought up or that people would think that like oh like that's very controversial? We don't really. Oh, um, women. Okay, continue. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't, think, I don't think they should exist. <laughs> they scare me. I don't understand them. Like they say stuff and it makes me feel a certain way sometimes. And like, I, yeah, none of it, none of it. I can't understand it. So I'm, I'm scared of things. I don't you're understand. scared of things. And then if you're scared of them, then they shouldn't exist. Because, and they shouldn't. It makes me yeah. feel safer. Like I would feel yeah. safer. If, if women didn't exist. Yeah. Cause when I talk to Except them, for your mom. Cause you like your mom. Yeah, my mom is the only reason I'm alive. <laughs> and not because, like, she gave birth to me. Like, because she helped, sustains me. She's my life support right now. <laughs> and I don't mean that in, like, the general, like, most sons are like, yeah, I love my mom. Like, no, my mom keeps me alive right now. <laughs> that might sound very irresponsible and, like, but, yeah, working two and jobs. And then when you get married, then your wife will be alive. Then my wife will keep me alive. She'll keep make sure I'm dressed when I walk out the door and all that <laughs> stuff. Cause, I mean, that's pretty lame, though. Like when I like when we went. Wait, are you like not dressed? When so you walk uh, out the so door. A few of us went. Chris, a few <laughs> of us went camping a few. Weeks. It was like two weeks ago. Chris, I'm worried where this story is going because we went from not being dressed, walking out the door to going camping. So things so get we real were, bad real we, quick. No, I'm ready we to were, plug my ears. We were, I'm homeschooled. We were, we were camping and um, I was like, um, what, what did I say? So we were originally gonna go camping, camping, but then one of us was like, yeah, let's go tent camping, and so I was like, well, as real men. What we should do is that we should just get a really big tent, get all the guys together, kick the girls out, get all the guys together, strip down naked, and then sleep together. <laughs> Why is that the manly thing to do? Yeah, because, because look, if you listen sleep to sleep, no, no, because so Chris, it's manly. It's Chris, manly. do I need to report the church? You wanted to, <laughs> you suggested manly. to some guys to sleep together, like in the same naked. <laughs> because, like, because it's just because. like because it's like what our ancestors did. They slept together and didn't have clothes. You know, it's just, it's just manly. <laughs> Chris, our ancestors did some not huddled, good things. We huddled, we huddled together for warmth. <laughs> I'm so sorry to all of you who listen to us. No, okay. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. That that's. Hey, I'm, I'm okay. Okay. You know what? I'm not gonna explain. My, I'm not gonna explain myself. Let us. Sorry. You, you can continue what you were saying. I I forgot after that, Chris. <laughs> you're, you're talking about your. I'm just I'm just actively fighting to keep the image of a bunch of guys and you huddle up naked in a tent. It's everything I can do right now. My mind like wants to go there and then puke up, but. <laughs> It can't. I can't let it. Uh, I'm weird? on a podcast right now. <laughs> Chris, I mean, I've done a lot of things. As I told you, I mean, I've done a lot of things in the woods with my cousin. Oh, that sounds very weird, too. Like, I've, I've, <laughs> I've done a lot of things in the woods with my cousins. <laughs> no, I, no, I'm not in Alabama. Um, but, <laughs> just taking a dark I, mean. I know, but... Yeah, like I've, I've like been in my underwear running around Dude, the woods. I'm not sure and stuff. if I can like release this podcast. <laughs> but like, man, yeah, wow. But I never huddled together naked for warmth. If you're if you need warmth, then why don't you put the clothes on instead of huddling together naked? <laughs> why don't you think of that one? Because it's less manly. <laughs> it's less manly, man. So you're gonna do whatever our ancestors did. What if you're German? What if you're okay, descended from okay, Nero? Okay, yeah, I, I, I can't keep going. I'm sorry, all of you. I'm sorry that so this podcast is canceled. So you were talking about women. Controversial. Controversial. Oh, yeah. Because I said um, I wanted to marry someone who'd homeschool my kids. Oh, because I, I went swing dancing. And I danced with 
Multiple, regardless there. Not in a weird way. Wait, and you're a homeschooler? And I'm home. Homeschoolers actually have a reputation for being great dancers. Really? I do not earn that reputation because I'm a horrible dancer. I mean, you're okay. Yeah. I'll, only after a lot of work. So, uh, yeah. Like, I'm okay, but if someone like you hadn't done as much work as I'd done on it. Yeah, I've only been doing it for like a few months. Yeah, I've done it for years. And you're easily better than me, so. Well, I, I am quite good enough. So. Yeah, you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, it's time to start a Lindy Hop podcast. <laughs> but, so yeah. And then I danced with some people, and someone brought up, like, oh, yeah, maybe you and that girl. And I was like, I just came up front and told everyone, like, guys, I'm really probably not going to, like, marry anyone from college. They're like, what? And I'm like, I mean, just because, um, yeah, I want to marry someone who wants to homeschool my kids. And again, I'm, I'm not saying that person might, I'm not saying that person can't have a college education. Like my sister, for example, is going to college right now. Her goal is to homeschool kids, to be a mother. That's her career goal. So it's not, I, I know someone else who's going to union who has those same career goals. So it's not impossible to find someone, a woman who goes to college mm -hmm. who wants to homeschool. But most people who go to college go there to get a degree and they get a degree to get a job. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want to marry someone like, oh, they're going, their plan is to get a degree. Fingers crossed they change their mind and end up deciding to homeschool. And so I was just like, yeah, guys, I'm not, like, actively looking here because I just doubt I'll find someone. I don't want to waste my time. Like, I don't want to walk up every girl I have a conversation with if, like, I'm actually looking for someone to get married. I don't want to be like, so, hey, you want to homeschool? Like, that just comes off a little weird in a, in a conversation. So then they were like, oh, so what, you don't want your wife to be educated? And I was like, first I argued it, and then eventually what I realized is you just sometimes just lean into it. And so then I was just like, yeah, guys, I, I don't want my wife to be homeschooled. Actually, she has high school education. That's too much for me. <laughs> and so like, I, I just leaned into the joke. Um, although I don't think they were joking. They were legitimately yeah, upset. Yeah. Although, yeah. Yeah, I'm not really friends with those people anymore, but that's besides the point. Because they, they were kind of super feminist. Like, and... So, yeah. That was... Yeah. I, I don't know where I stand as far as... Now, this might get me canceled. As far as women having careers and stuff like that. Like, I would not... Obviously, I would not say. Obviously. That it's sinful or anything. But... And then again... My tendency is to go, well, it's the natural order. It's the way God designed it for a woman to be in the home. But actually, like, the home life being separated from work life, that separation only goes back, like, 100, 200 years. Like, since the Industrial Revolution. Like, for a majority of history, like, work and the home life weren't separate. Like, a woman and a man would both be doing the work. Like, there was no, the man would pack up his bags and go to the factory, and the woman would stay home and stay with the kids. Like, they'd be on the farm together. Maybe the man would be tanning something, tanning hide, and the woman would be planting seed. Like, they were doing stuff like that together. Even, like, yeah, I don't know as much about, but I assume same thing. I've heard it's the same thing like blacksmith. Like, you know, the, he'd be doing a lot of the work there. The woman would be doing some work inside or outside with the garden. And so it was all work and home life were very, if not one and the same, they're very interconnected. So I think anyone who's like, yeah, like, the woman's designed for the home life, that just shows an ignorance of history. Now, I do think that we are designed, men are designed to be the primary providers. 
I do. And even if you look at our psych, like psychology, if you look at our muscular structure, our bodily structure, and I think if you look at what God has shown in the Bible, I think that bears out. I think women are designed and to take care of kids in ways that men aren't. And now, that is certainly not, and I think men can take this way as an excuse to be, well, I I was not, like, I'm not great at being with kids. Yeah, like, I'm I'm not going to touch the kids, honey. They're all yours. Like, how I want to be when I'm married is when I come home from work. I want to immediately be, like, I want to immediately be involved in my kid's life. I don't want to be sitting down on the couch. Like, if anything, I want to be, like, my wife will be having them all day, handling them all day, handling, like, that sounds so weird. Like, yeah, handling my kids. <laughs> but... Yeah, like handling all day, and then I come home, and like I take care of them. Like that's how I want it to work. Not like yeah, like I work and I come home and relax. My wife, you know, she does all the kid and the cleaning and stuff. But that is, and that's why I got in trouble for is basically being yeah. I want a wife who wants to and desires to stay home. So yeah, they kind of I I got stoned for that because that's very sexist to me, and I was told why why don't you want to be the one to stay home. Really? Yeah. And I'm, like, you. and I'm like, because I don't want my beautiful wife going to work with a bunch of other men, like where they're, she has to, she's under the authority of another man, her boss, and men are, inadvertently, there's going to be some men who are going to be looking at her. Like, I just, I, I don't desire that. I think God also designed her, uh, the roles better for her to be um, the mother like actually mothering my kids, then I, yeah. So yeah, it's, it is something that I can tend to be, if I'm coming forth, forthright, I can tend to go a little too far on. And that's something that my dad has to like pull me back on, like pull me back from the ledge of going full like psycho on. That makes me sound like super sexist. I'm not, I'm, I'm truly not. But no, he's, yeah, Eli's usually pretty decent. Yeah, I only tend to yell at women like, Three times a week, but I I yell at men four or five times, so it's it's equal. It's like, equal, yeah. It's equal. We're about equality. You are all about equality here. Like if I hit a man, I make sure I go and hit a woman later. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't say this stuff on a podcast. It's true, wrestle man. I got I got yeah equal rights. <laughs> equal rights, equal fights. I'm gonna be canceled. Hey, he said it, not me. Yeah, Chris, if you're listening to this, yeah, I take no responsibility out of anything. Yeah, this is clearly me. Chris is actually trying to kick me off the podcast right yeah, now to be politically correct. Yeah, but the Lord's providence is not making The Lord's providence isn't letting him. Yeah, it's, I'm too Lord, strong. Lord's sovereignty is yeah. just not allowing me. I'm actually trying to click the button, but the phone, He's, yeah, the phone keeps moving around. Levitating by itself away from yeah. the button. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, so you were, you were saying coming back like uh, home and then like spending time with your kids. So how many kids do you want to have? More than you, Chris. I want to get that $100. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to explain to anyone listening? So, me and Christopher here, dear sweet Christopher, have made a bet. Whoever has the most kids by the age forty is going to be is going to get a hundred dollars from the other person, from the loser. Yeah, from the loser. Wins and is going to get a yeah wins a hundred dollars. Which twenty years from now, hundred bucks is going to be worth nothing. Yeah, but it'll be a little bit of like pride. Yeah. I think the I think the glory will be the prize enough. Yeah. Maybe we Being should like, get I like, was more yeah. fruitful than you. <laughs> I was more fruitful. We should okay yeah we should hammer down this because we're gonna be forty at different times so when 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 who no we 40? said when I turn forty when he turned forty yeah because I turned forty after you okay only like a few months 
So you have a few months. And it's, is it conceived or popped out? Uh, dude, but, it's but, children, so it's conceived. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so. that's fair. But they have to be at the same time. Huh? They have to be at the same time. What do you mean? Like, if you have 11 kids total, but, like, something tragic happens and two pass away, mm-hmm. is it what you've had total in your lifetime? Well, that's, that's a good question. It's about fruitfulness, so let's say total. Let's go total. Because that's the, that's the root cause of the competition. Yeah. So who's going to be more fruitful? Who's going to be able yeah. to make more? So, like, if there's, like, a miscarriage or something. Yeah, that still counts as a kid. That still counts as a kid. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Glad, glad we got that so loud. And <laughs> yeah. it's on record now. So, on record. yeah. Wait, 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 can you go? Okay, let's, uh, let's have a very, very, very loud handshake and then pe- people can hear it. There you go. Oh, that so, wasn't loud enough. Hang on. There we go. There so, we go. If, we're if shaking you, hands. If you've heard that, that's the. The that deal the, was struck. The covenant that we're making. The covenant was bound. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. No, but. <clears throat> All right, and then I was going to sort of go to ask why. Why do I want to have so many kids? Yeah. Um, I've recently become open womb. And are, are you being serious? I've, well, I joke that I'm open womb, not by conviction, well, but by the, competition. Well, what, the, what does open womb mean for anyone listening? That, um, I mean, yeah, I guess that you don't obstruct the procreation of children. I think that's, yeah, I think part, part of it is medicine is, I think... I think personally, Western medicine is a beautiful thing, and I could get into the economics of big pharma and how it's actually very misunderstood, but I won't because that's a very complicated issue, um, and a very big side tangent. But I love Western medicine, but I think Western medicine is, and all medicine should be for the purpose, primarily, to help the body function better, or function as it should. So if you break an arm, the body is not functioning as it should. Let's fix that. If you, for example, if someone tore their ACL because my little brother, like, takes you out, then true let's, story. let's fix that. Yeah, true story. I was actually not there at the time, so I can't get the full details of the story. But, so yeah, something like that. It's to, it's to fix you or to make, like, if someone's... Like surgery. Yeah, if someone... Yeah, or, like, we just had someone who yeah. had to get, like, colon, uh, colon surgery. Yeah, or, like, a heart transplant. Those are all to help you function as you should. Things, um... Medicine that blocks, wow, why can't, it's not pregnancy blockers. Wow. Uh, Contraception. Contraception, yeah, thank you. You I lost the word. I lost the word. That's how homeschooled I am. (laughs) (laughs) Because no one uses contraception. Because no one uses those, yeah. I think those things, or um, I know there's something, there's there's multiple ways to not have children. But I think looking at specifically the medical ways, I think those are surgeries that stop the body, or not surgeries, surgeries or um, medicine that stops the body from functioning as it should. But, um, so yeah, I don't think that's the biblical purpose. I don't think that's a biblical purpose of medicine, so I think that's kind of wrong. I think the bigger issue, though, is you take something that's very good, like to be explicit, like sex, intimacy, is a very good and beautiful thing. But there is, as with any good or beautiful thing, just like marriage as a whole is a good or beautiful thing, there's responsibilities and challenges that come with that, with the privileges of that. And not to say like children are purely challenges, like they're their own gift. But when you take away that responsibility and like of bearing children, when you take the joy of intimacy 
and you say, I'm going to do this without the responsibility of bearing children, I think that's very dangerous and probably sinful. Like, again, I could not point to a specific Bible verse or anything, so I can't, I will not say it's explicitly sinful, but I do, I do think it's dangerous when you take something that, yeah, that does have, that is for the purpose of bearing children, and you take that purpose away, and it's just for pleasure and just for joy. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that's my thoughts on why I will be open wound personally. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what the wifey thinks. What the wifey, <laughs> what the wifey thinks, yeah. Are you married right now? No. Trying. <laughs> just generally. Yeah. Just gen- cool. um, Looking. Don't take that as a signal, anyone listening to this podcast. Sarah. <laughs> Sarah, yeah, Sarah. We talked about you earlier, Sarah. <laughs> I, I know. Um, <clears throat> very cool. Um, so you've been coming to Heritage Abuse for how long? Since it was started six, seven, eight, nine years ago? It's about nine years. Yeah, I, nine, you know better than me. That's funny. Yeah. What, um, yeah, I've only been going. I was 10 years when we started? Yeah. Wow. Well, Why? That's crazy. Going, going, going into like 11, but yeah, when you were 10. That's kind of scary that you know that better than me, <laughs> that you're answering my questions on it. <laughs> were you watching me, Chris? <laughs> um, so my, my question is, do you, do you see yourself here for the rest of your life? I don't know. I, I would. But again, it really depends on wifey. where I end up moving. Yeah, the wifey, yeah. Is that really the, that and then probably job? Or those the, the big Location thing? and wife, yeah. Location. It's like job and wife. Yeah, job and wife. Job. Although not necessarily job. Like I could, I'll still be going here if I have a poor job or a rich job. But if I live in Tennessee, I'm not going to come here. If well, I live in Texas, I'm not going to come here. So you 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 would move to Tennessee or to Texas? Yeah, Tennessee, Texas. Texas is too hot. Not Texas. Uh, Tennessee. Some of the um, northwestern Ken- states. Kentucky. Maybe Kentucky, but I I really love Tennessee. I love I love Missouri. I I really love t- Tennessee and Missouri. And then if you go out to like Montana, Wyoming. Those are, Montana and Wyoming are like my dream fantasy places, but they just, there's nothing out there, which is, which is why I like it, because there's no people out there, but it's also hard to get a job because of that. So. Okay, so you would potentially move if, like, the chance, if you had the chance, but you're not really looking for it, like, you'd... Yeah, no. you'd, uh, my plan is to move to Missouri, to move to Missouri. but within, like... We're we're right here. Yeah, like, so I'd I'd still go to this church if I moved to Missouri. Like we're like somewhere where like Isaac lives now. Yeah, something like that. Something down, maybe a little near more south. Near to Rockport. Near to Rockport, yeah, yeah. Why? I I the more south you go in the Missouri, and the Missouri not not the Missouri. The more south you go in Missouri, the better it gets, in my opinion. Yeah. I love southern Missouri, like southeast Missouri. That's where all my vacations were when I was a kid so it's just beautiful the people are are the people cooler oh yeah they're they're like will wave at you. they're so nice and friendly they'll all wave at you as you drive by but they could also most of them could kill you if they want to yeah but they, they don't want to because they don't want to that's the nice. great thing yeah yeah hmm. they have like all huge beards and I, I have a lot of family down there too and there's some cool people so yeah 
So what's like your, do you have any like life goals? Get married. Get a job. I. This is one that's like bordering on goal slash dream. And when I say dream here, as I mean something that might be unrealistic. I'd like to start my own cybersecurity firm. I see I see a value in starting like starting my own business um, and then your wife can do all the <laughs> you'll do it at your house exactly and so the home and the life and the work and life yeah, will then, be and, yeah and then your kids will inherit the business exactly yeah well, no not my kids me the person I, who I, kills me I, oh, so I will inherit your business oh Chris <laughs> after I, I beat you I, I have more kids than, than, than you and then I'll Execute life. me. Yeah, he'll take my life. <laughs> it, yeah. And your firm. And my firm. And okay. your children, they will be mine. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, I, I better have more children then. <laughs> I was like, sure, take my life, take my firm. But not my children. <laughs> not my children. I don't want them to be raised by you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But no, because there's also a market for it too. So you would like to make your own business just depending on what you do. You like, you like to. Yeah. Make oh, especially business. in cybersecurity because there's a market for it. Um, for now, not for in, now, maybe maybe not in five years. I think there still will be. Oh yeah, it's 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 blowing up, and I I say specifically a market for um starting your own business in cybersecurity, and now that's something I'd have to get experience in first. Like I couldn't dive head first. No, no, like no. if you're starting your own firm, mm-hmm. like I've read, the key is to have experience working for companies or working for cybersecurity firms. Mm-hmm. But part of the problem right now is people are hiring cyber security analysts and they make like 100,000 to they make like 100,000 to 200,000 dollars a year. So that's like a company paying someone to do something that they don't really need. They <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I, I wonder if people from the podcast heard that. No, <laughs> oh, they don't like it. <laughs> oh man. No, so it's, yeah, like you're hiring someone, let's just say $150,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Say some company, say like a construction firm, hire someone to secure their networks. They don't really need someone year round or even permanently. Maybe to do like a once a year checkup, mm-hmm. but they're hiring a guy for $150,000. It just doesn't make a lot of sense economically or financially is a better way to put that. So that's where a cybersecurity firm, there's a market for them because people are going to start probably dropping cybersecurity analysts, like all these companies that aren't cybersecurity companies. Companies like Google, Facebook, web companies will always have that. But every company now has web servers, even if you're a construction company, an engineering company, a plumbing company, as long as you're a big one, you have web servers. You need those to be protected. But instead of hiring someone permanently, to do that, it's much easier to hire out a firm for to do a week to a month's work of work, a month's worth of work on that, and then you're done. Maybe you hire they come back in and once a quarter to do work on it, and so it that's why I think the market's going to be growing for private cybersecurity firms. Just my two cents on that. That I that on a field I don't know a lot about right now. So and then when you do that, then you'll be rich. Exactly. I I will be rolling in the big bucks. Yeah. <laughs> the big bucks. Yeah. When you see someone in a Lamborghini riding through St. Louis, just that's probably me. <laughs> oh, my license plate. Or at least that's one of your Lamborghinis. That's one of my Lamborghinis. And yeah. then if, if they're younger, it's probably one of your thirty children. 
My three children. No, yeah, I, I, he said thirty. Yeah. Yeah, I said thirty. Yeah, I was like three. Is that like a dig? I mean, congrats. Like, you're only gonna three. Three is nothing, bro. Three is nothing. Yeah, three, 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 three is three, nothing. Three, Tell that to your three kids when you have them. Three is nothing. No, yeah. You all are nothing. Wait, <laughs> Say that to your kids. You're gonna have like your first three kids. You're like three is nothing. Yeah, you I must have more. You are nothing to me. You are nothing. <laughs> until until I. Until we get. You don't to really it. go for quantity. You go not quality. You go for quantity. Exactly. And then I, and then one of them will, will be okay. Yeah. So, um, is that me again? Is that you again? Oh man, sorry. That's what? college football stuff. <laughs> college football <laughs> stuff. Yeah. All right, cool. And then, so we're gonna start wrapping up pretty soon. Um, but what what do you do for fun? Oh, college. I watch college football, so that's part of it. Um. Oh, I, anything in the outdoors, and big time find that fun. What do you so? I think earlier you were out. saying that. Oh, you you work out. Yeah. More more than me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I think earlier you were saying that you. Um, that you don't like like you would prefer to move somewhere that doesn't have as many people. Yeah. So and more wilderness, less people. So would you say that like you just don't really like enjoy like being in like huge events with a bunch of people that like, you prefer smaller stuff? I prefer smaller groups of people, mm-hmm. that I can get more personal with. That's what I prefer. So yeah. where, where, where have you made your closest friends, usually? Um, church or school. Mm-hmm. That's the only places I made close friends, outside of those two. How do you sort of choose who to be friends with? Right? I normally have some sort of competition, some feat of strength or intelligence. <laughs> so like, no, I did, at school I did a, um, where they did 10 steps, turned around, shot. Yeah. And so there's this guy I really wanted to be my friend, but he he, he just wasn't fast enough, so I had, had to get rid of him. I mean, partially because he died, but, you know. Oh, sorry, this is recorded. FBI, don't worry. I didn't kill any people that I just admitted to. So, <laughs> so yeah, so some, some people say that, like, if you're... If you're in, if you're the smartest guy in the room, then you have to find like a different room. But unfortunately, that for Eli, that's impossible. Yeah, mainly because yeah. I just tend to burn down rooms whenever I'm in them. So <laughs> that's not what I mean. Yeah, it's just it gets tricky. Like I'm like, why find a different room? It's just gonna burn down. <laughs> you just took my joke and took it like the next level. <laughs> I feel like that's what this whole podcast is. <laughs> or just me not even taking your jokes to the next level. Just starting out with next level, <laughs> and not next level isn't funnier. Just next level isn't. <laughs> Less appropriate. <laughs> you just, just progress to like yeah. more controversial. Oh yeah, that's fine. Who who will listen to this podcast anyway, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Especially. You would have had times, but then after this episode, watch. I'm I'm gonna post this, and then like, twenty years from now, when I'm like a super famous, like business <laughs> owner, people are gonna be like, hey, look at this podcast he posted when he was nineteen. Uh, and years you'll old. get canceled. Yeah. They get canceled. He's like, ah. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's gonna happen. So if, if you're actually listening. And you're one of those people. Um, we love you. We love you. But not really. Um, Jesus died so that if... No. So that, so that you can be forgiven. So that you can be free. And then you should forgive Chris for this podcast. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Christ is Lord and repent. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, okay, now, now, I'm, now I'm totally comfortable posting this now. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. We had, uh, we had our altar call, so I hope that was convincing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we came up there. We uh, came, came We came rededi- What do they do? They do rededication. What? Uh, Have you ever been like, to a summer camp? I've never been, yeah. but where they do like... I, I was baptized oh, yeah. twice. Oh, nice. Third time's the charm. One try again. <laughs> yeah, maybe I wasn't really saved, right? I just have to cleanse myself of all the... That's true. The bad I've done the last few... That's why I go swimming a lot. Really? 
It's just like a mini baptism. Like a mini baptism every yeah. time. Yeah. It's like the Catholic Church for like their confessional things. Uh huh. Like you always like like you're like in the thing and like they like they'll hear your confessions. Oh yeah. It's sort of like that. Like you just have to get better, you know. Yeah. You, you can confess fill, to me right now. I, 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 I just we'll pause to, the podcast. <laughs> I just have to fill up my tank of grace. Yeah. Yeah. I'll confess to you. Really? Yeah. I do drugs. <laughs> no, you too. <laughs> oh, bro, you've been hiding it from me. Okay, yeah, okay. This is just getting like like sillier, sillier. Um, uh, let me see if I have any other sports. I do sports for fun too. Really? Sorry, trying to bring it back to less controversial topics. Less controversial <laughs> topics. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Sports are. So is that mostly how you get close to people? A lot of the time, you just sort of meet them in sports, and. Not really. Uh, surprisingly not. I, th- I feel like that's where I make all my friends, but that's just not. Like, I, I, I make friends that way, but I never hang out with them outside of sports. Outside of sports, yeah. So it's only, like, people who you see normally just on a, con- on a consistent basis. Yeah, like, there's people I play sports with, but I never, like, and I only play sports with them. I never progress that, past that point. Mm-hmm. But then there's people who I have known before playing sports with them, and then we'll all play sports together. Mm-hmm. But, like, I never meet someone playing sports and become super close with them. Yeah. But then I also just never meet hardly anyone and become super close with them. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. One last thing. Did you grow up in Peru, or were you? I just... spent three years there. Okay, you were too young for that. When do you mean I was too young? Like, how old were you when you? I was like nine. Oh, yeah. Do you have any fun memories of Peru? Uh, I hate did Peru. I hated Peru. Why? Because. Oh, wait, first you want to explain why you were in Peru? Yeah, my family was missionaries down there for three years. So, working with an organization that I won't name, because they're also a heretical organization, which we didn't really know at the time. And then also my parents really came to like understand Reformed theology and boost up their theology while they were down there. So, partially we didn't understand how heretical they were, and then partially we just our theology got stronger when we were down there than when we first went down. And why did you not like it? Because, you know, you're going to be a missionary. You look at, like... Look up sometime after this podcast. Look up pictures of Peru. You see the mountains, the deserts, the jungles, the Amazon River. Like this is like as a young kid who loves the outdoors. This is my dream. Like I'm practically just like fainting from excitement on the flight over and like in the month in advance. Like I am going to travel down the Amazon, meet unfound tribes, like conquer wild animals. Like, climb the Andes Mountains. Like, this is going to be amazing. And I get there, and it's a giant city. And, like, there's probably one tree every square mile. Like it's not it's not even St. Louis, where they have, like, trees on the sidewalks, or they have, like, Forest Park. Like, their parks were maybe the size of this church, which I don't, well, I don't know what the good size comparison that people will know is. Like, this, yeah. They're small. Like, maybe 100 yards by 100 yards, for example. Is what like a park was. Even that would be a big park, and so their houses did not have backyards or anything. So it was not only was it not the jungly, mountainy adventure I was hoping for. It was it was a concrete jungle, and you were lucky to see like a blade of grass. So I I hated that. Yeah, and then I just also wasn't able to like meet anyone down there. I grew pretty close to my brothers and sister through that though. I think that's part of the reason why we're so close. Do you know Si, no hablo español. No hablo español. Yeah, I'm messing with you. 
Yeah, no, no, speak no, no, this is a part, part of the jury. You can't really communicate with people. I, I actually could speak Spanish pretty well. Okay. And that's why I tried to relearn Spanish. And I have an easy time relearning it because it's somewhere down in there. <laughs> but I just I didn't practice it enough on the way back or after I got back. Mm-hmm. But it's more cultural barriers. So are there any final like tips? Because it seems like you're a very wise man. Any either final tips that you'd like to share with people listening or stuff that... Um, that you would like to learn moving forward or stuff that you want to get better with, just generally speaking? I mean, my my tips are tips for myself, and I'll share. Um, Like, desire the Lord. That'd be my first and foremost tip. Like, and actually live out that desire. Like, you should... If a desire for the Lord isn't just a general, like, yeah, I love the Lord, but, like, you should have a desire to read His Word to learn more about him, to, yeah, grow in him. Like, if that means listening to stuff, reading stuff, praying, reading your Bible extensively, not just to check a box, like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, I read my Bible today for 30 minutes. Like, and sometimes, again, I only read my Bible for 30 minutes. And, and sometimes I only do it to check a box, too. Like, yeah. But even, but really reading it truly just, to learn more about our Lord, not just because it's something you need to do. So that's something I want to continue to learn and work on. And then, yeah, Semper Virilis, always masculine, always manly. That's Latin for always masculine, which is something I'm learning and doing more of and trying to be better at, just be more masculine. I think that's something that I, again, I'm not... We're already at like a hour and twenty minutes, so I could go on a huge long tangent about the decline of masculinity in our society, the importance of it, this and that. What is masculinity? Um, Christ Jesus. That that's a, that's like Mike's sort of joke answer, but like I, he is our example for what a man should be. He is a prophet, priest, and king, and I think a man should be the prophet, priest, and king of their own home, and it should extend beyond that. Like I think. And you see in that those roles, a man should, like, breaking down those roles more simply, a man should provide for his family. I think financially, spiritually, he should provide. Um, a man should be able to protect his family. And that doesn't mean just physically. And that's what I get so zoned in on is, like, oh, physical providing or physical um, protection, like, from threats or something. More importantly is spiritual protection and spiritually providing. But physical protection is important, too. That's why I stress man should be strong. He should be able to pin an attacker to the ground. Um, yeah. And, again, the list goes. You could have a mile-long list of, like, and I I do, of, like, oh, I, I need to learn this. I need to learn jujitsu. I need to learn shooting. I need to learn, like, take these theology classes. I need to, and I just, so, yeah. It, it becomes a little bit of an unhealthy obsession for me. But then also presiding, which is just, to, it's leading. It's just to add a third P word, because lead like protect, provide, and lead doesn't work as well as protect, provide, and preside. But I think a man should lead his family. This should extend beyond that too. Just the family is like the center of yeah. Like it's if you have like the circles of connectivity. Uh, that sounds very like Eastern religionist, but like first and foremost, a man's responsibility is to God, and then his wife. 
and his wife should be before his kids. So then his wife, then his kids, and that's his family, and then his church and his local community, and then you just stay, and then you just go broader and broader. But, so yeah, that's why I say he should be able to protect, provide, and preside over his family. Like, um, as one grows in masculinity, they'll probably do that over their local community too, and it extends outward. But yeah, again, still something I'm studying and could be something I'm completely wrong on. So yeah, it's it's something that I desire to be better at, but I also wrestle with, with I might be placing too much emphasis on this and not enough emphasis on that. Like, cause again, I'm drawn to like the macho man type of John Wayne. Able really? To, oh yeah, like Jason Bourne, John Wayne. Are you sure you don't, you seem like you would be more of the, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, Chris, I was about to get offended. <laughs> no, it's, but it's fine because my dad is actually the one I look at and see and I'm like, yeah, that's what I want to be. Like the macho man type. Like, I mean, he was, like, Rangers, so special ops and all that. And he's strong, like, football, played football, was real good at it. Not real good, but, like, decent at it. And um, and so I see that, like, that's what I want to be. And he's the one who's holding me back. Not hold, holding me back. Well, like, Sounds like he's stopped. He's, yeah, he's, not even cautioning. He's, like he's not even that. saying those things are bad, but he's reminding me, that's not what your priority is. Your priority is... To be, be able to be a spiritual protector and a spiritual provider. And again, as important as it is to be able to physically preside and physically protect. If you do all that but forsake the spiritual, and by spiritual I mean biblical, like spirituality, not just a general like, sort of meditative Eastern Buddhist um, spirituality, but true Biblical spirituality. If you forsake that, then all the physical is worth nothing. Yeah. Like, you can protect your wife from all the bad guys on this earth, and if you can't protect her from, yeah, the spiritual evil. And, the, yeah, even that, see, again, the, even that, I'm, I feel like I'm starting to err on. Like, it's not our fully our job to protect. Like, that's ultimately in the Lord's hand. But, on the other hand, it is still partially our job. Yeah. I don't know. It's something that I worked through and wrestle through. Are there a lot of people who, like, in your circles who would have the same perspective on on stuff like that, like sexuality and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think many are as interested in it. Like, I think all would agree. But, like, that's something that I just like to study. Like, I'll read articles on, like masculinity or read like oh about these tribes who like oh it's crazy that this tribe in the amazon who's never met this tribe in australia who's never met this tribe in asia who's never met this tribe in europe they all have the exact same definition or the exact same values of masculinity so i'll read something like that I'm like that's fascinating so i can obsess over it and sometimes not in an unhealthy way but sometimes in an unhealthy way sorry i that was like me way going down a rabbit trail um so I obsess over it, but more than most people, I think. But I do think most people in my circle have the same view of masculinity. And what's your circle? Um, church and sister church. That's what I'd consider my circle. Uh, you mean the church that you go to now and then, like, a, uh, the sister church that? Well, yeah, the Rockport. Okay. And so going, taking a step back to what, the way the, from where we got here, Anything else that you would like to either learn more in or like um, 
or like uh, stuff that you have learned that you like to impart? New Mexico. <laughs> Get rid of New Mexico. Why? Because when's the last time you heard someone besides me mention New Mexico? Never. Exactly. It's the most boring state there is. Even Kansas is known. Like Kansas, People will talk about Kansas because of how boring it is. People don't even talk about New Mexico. And you're like, wait, but the sports teams, there's got to be a good... Nope. No good sports team. Even if you look at college athletics, no good sports team in New Mexico. Really? Nothing. No one. What New about like, um, like Michigan? Michigan Wolverines, you know, the Detroit Lions. Michigan's also beautiful, uh, great a, fishing. Okay, I, there's there, there's a state that has like no good sports teams ever at all. No. Oh, um, it doesn't only have three sports teams. Ohio. Ohio State Buckeyes. No, they suck. No, they're like the best team. No, they're, no, they're, <laughs> they're not. They're the number two in the nation no, right no, now. No, if you want to go place with the good sports teams, you just go to Georgia. I can't. I don't like that as a college football fan, but it's actually very true right now. Alabama. So. Man, I don't like that either because I hate Alabama, but it's no, true. I'm, it's I'm, true. I'm, I'm Alabama is great. I'm messing with I have you. a lot of respect. All right. Anything else that you would like to impart onto the... Besides being Semper Virilis, desire the Lord, and get rid of New Mexico, besides <laughs> those three? <laughs> You mean there's more wisdom I could give? Do you have any uh, hot takes on one people on one man should get married? Oh, yeah. I think you should try to get married as soon as possible. Like 16? Oh, that's pretty old, but sure. I think <laughs> nine. I think mean, you should wait for puberty. <laughs> <laughs> why, why is that supposed to stop you? <laughs> <laughs> so what... <laughs> are you being serious? <laughs> no, I mean, no, I'm not being serious, Chris. I mean, I know nine-year-old kids. Like, Josiah's almost nine. You think he should get married? <laughs> Imagine him. Imagine him getting married. That's scary. It is very scary. Uh, me getting married is scary, and I'm ten years older than that. So, okay. yeah. So what would be your perspective on that? Like, what age? I, th I think soon. Like, I think so you're probably once you're out of Once you've... I mean, I don't think you can put a specific age on it. I think once you... Mm have a career set up or once you're able to provide for a wife i think you should seek to get married i don't and think you should dilly dally about it and you would say that it's it would be a little weird for someone who would intentionally hold it off yeah until they're like 40 years old oh yeah especially like 40 years old that's like insanely old like yeah at that point like you're almost past the point of having children so yeah yeah the yeah, you can't put a specific age on it. It's when you're when you have a steady career or are headed towards a steady career and you're able to provide for a wife, I think you should seek one. And I also don't think you should wait for a soulmate to come around because I don't think that's a thing. I think, yeah. Rubbish. Rubbish. Falsehoods, garbage, liar, and every other liar. Deceitful liar. All right. Well, it was a pleasure. Yes. Having you on my. A podcast. Um, it was good. Let's yeah. shake it. Farewell, Mr. Eli. Yeah, great to be on here. Bye.